Good afternoon, friends. I hope you all are enjoying this Saturday. And it's the Saturday that John Lewis passed away. So RIP to a icon who stood for so many beautiful things to bring justice. So just wanted to take a moment out to uh, send my uh, condolences and also my appreciation for having someone who embodied the uh, fight for uh, civil rights. This podcast today is talking about creating new patterns after trauma or change. And what I mean by that is that oftentimes we want to pick up and resume what we were doing before the trauma or the pattern change. And here's two things that often are wove together if we think about it. So if we think about our lives before the pandemic, we probably had routines that included us doing things that were not socially distancing, obviously. We probably went to the gym, we probably went to get certain services, we probably had activities and other things that we did. And in this trauma, we had to re-examine how do we do our routines. And some routines were abruptly interrupted. So therefore, it gave us this feeling of sadness, this feeling of mourning that we can't go back to the things that we were normally doing. Even if it was something that we didn't think it was big at the time, it still was an interruption of a pattern that we had. To switch gears from trauma, uh, there's also patterns we create when dynamics change in our lives. You know, we've had a loss of a pet, so our routine is a little different. We also are experiencing uh, some of my children that are adults here are transitioning out of the home. So a lot of the uh, schedule or routine or things that I was once doing, those things are now to a halt. And it feels like I have like this enormous uh, free time in my life I've never had before. I'm kind of giddy about it. And I know that sounds really weird. You parents of older children, you can kind of understand. You go from one point of, you know, running out the door and you got to have the diaper bag. You got to have the snacks. You got to have everything together. And then you are checking your phone and you're making sure that you have one kid picked up here, the other kid picked up here. And then what happens when all of that stuff just stops? It feels so surreal. It's like I can pitch myself. You know, it's Saturday and I got up early still and I love to take advantage of the day because I hate for my weekends to sneak up on me and all of a sudden it's three or four o'clock and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't done A through Z, right? But I will say I made it some pointed decisions earlier in the week that I am no longer spending my weekends as a weekend warrior. And I'm crossing my fingers when we transition into our new home. I keep that same thing because I remember having so much resentment when I was married and the kids were younger that I spent my weekends cleaning my house from top to bottom. And I would be so exhausted Sunday that I didn't feel like I had any time off or any decompression, you know, because I was going, going, going. And what I have learned over the years is that and I got to put this here for caregivers. And I see this exceptionally with, you know, with with women can't talk today that 
we become martyrs. We become a prisoner of our to-do list. And then we get mad when we see other people living their life and saying, well, how does she have time to go and get her nails done? If she had her house clean, she, she wouldn't have time to be gallivanting in the streets. Or I make dinner for my family every night. I don't want to do takeout. You know, we become very judgmental of what we find other people's patterns to be. And really what it is on another level is that we are a little bit envious that we don't seem to have the free time that it looks like other people have. And what the key is, is what are you willing to give up and delegate to someone else? And what story are you willing to change? So you have to dig deep And there are patterns in our life where when we bring home that newborn baby, right, that baby's going to be eaten every couple of hours and there's no change in that for some time. So that's our new normal. But we have to embrace that because we're going to have sleep interrupted. That may mean those long slave over the oven dinners are going to be over and maybe it'll look like canned ravioli or slim fast or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And that may mean that you know, the hair may not be perfectly done or the nails, or it may mean some missed appointments with friends or catching up because we have this new responsibility. And once the world begins to shift, because it always does, it's just that at the time when we're going through something, it just feels like our world is so adversely impacted and we just can't see beyond where we are. And I think more often I'm learning is that as soon as you go through a life shift, sit down with yourself, really sit down and really jot, okay, what's the priority for me in order for myself to have my sanity at this point in time, really be definitive. What items can you control? I don't want you to get buy-in from other people that you live in your family with, but truly things that you have in your wheelhouse to control. If you are the sole person there, you control how much junk that you put in. At the same time, you still have the wheelhouse to control that maybe every night isn't a gourmet meal night. But what you need to do is give yourself some slack and redefine your new normal. And even if your new normal is just a couple of things at a time. Because the disservice that we often do to ourselves is to look at our Pinterest boards or see on social media, and I know I've mentioned this before, but we live in such a time that we're influenced by the others around us. And while I think, again, there are merits to being able to look at things from outside of us, I don't want us to be guided by those principles because there's so many inner workings that we would never know behind the scenes that go into what we see. But you have to cultivate what is your normal and what feels good in your spirit for you. And you have to be definitive on what's realistic. I'll give you an example. I wanted to start making strides in my health. And something that I noticed right away is that I have a deficiency when it comes to water. That's right. I have a deficiency when it comes to water. It's not that I live in a state where water doesn't flow safely through the pipeline or I don't have bottled water or even this Brita attached to my kitchen water uh, sink. I just have made the conscious effort, whether I want to come out of the closet about it or not, that I really don't enjoy a whole lot of water. I said it. 
water is usually boring to me. But what I figured out was that I really like cold water and I like ice cubes. And this sounds so mundane, right? So you just say, well, just fix it and get ice cubes. Well, well, yeah, I, I could. But then I didn't have a fancy bottle to put it in. I mean, I created such a narrative about drinking water. It had to be this big thing. I even went and Googled different things to put in the water that I liked. I even went on Amazon and bought this water bottle. And I had to make an agreement with myself that I would start slow. And I didn't do that. I decided I went hot and heavy and I was going to drink these three bottles of 32 ounce water a day. And let me tell you, I did not get far. Let me tell you more often than not, I put the water bottle down somewhere in the house and I mean to get back to it. And let me tell you, I have a small office and I walk from literally a few feet and I'm right in my kitchen from the office that I work in. And I don't grab the water. Oftentimes the water is uh, room temperature, which I don't like. I have finally mitigated the ice cube issue. And just recently I've been more cognizant when I run errands to take the water bottle with me. So I had to sit with self and say, okay, Sean, you're still challenged by this water. And I know you're like, who is challenged by water? But I truly was. So I had to make the distinct distinction that I would start off with this goal slow. And that's why I mentioned this, because we want to go in hot, heavy and hard and knock it out. And there are a few of us who can do that. And it really works. There are times in my life where I can make a decision and I can just roll with it. And there are times where I am just crippled by indecision and I just don't do well by that. So I decided to mitigate my water issues yet again and be more planful of how I got my water intake in. And slowly but surely it's working. I don't put myself in a prison to say, oh boy, you didn't drink all your water. Here you go. You're a slacker. Again, because when we don't succeed, we then put in our minds something else that we didn't accomplish, right? And I think it's impactful that we set up small wins to keep the momentum. It's just like when you go to uh, decide to change your weight and, you know, you say, I'm cutting out carbs. And the first week you're like, oh my gosh, I'm down two pounds. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to go for the gusto and I'm going to work out an hour and a half. And then you go on the scale and you haven't lost much. And you're like, oh man, this is for knots. And this is why I think the smart rule, those short, measurable, achievable result-based goals are so important because that keeps us on track and it builds momentum in our minds, whether we realize it or not. When we calculate things we've tried and it just comes up as failures, we then begin to not even really trust what we say because in our minds, we know this isn't going to last. And I remember um, having a conversation with my kids and we were having a talk about uh, some of my, uh, I'll say dating behaviors, if you will. And I'm going to, I'll go into this in another episode, but they're like, mom, you always say you're going to do this. You're always going to say that, and that's not going to happen. And this isn't going to change. 
And for one second, I really felt defeated. And I know my kids love me and they mean well, but has this happened to you? You saw somebody and they're telling you they're going to make all this change and you go back, it's not even 30 days and they're doing the same crap. And you're like, see, this is what I'm talking about. And my kids, you know, they're like, mom, come on, you you say you're going to do it, but you're not. So what I had to do is understand that based on the experiences that I've given to them and even demonstrated in my past, that I have a problem with my consistency and that in some areas of my life, I need to turn the lights down really low on it. Like I'm talking nice and low and slow. Instead of coming in with a bullhorn, pasting up billboards of what my next move is. And it's not that it's fear of failure. It's to brew the momentum in silence. It's to give myself room and opportunity and measurement for myself. Because whether you realize this or not, when you give people data or information about where you are in your walk, wherever that is, you have to also be prepared for that information to come back to you. And oftentimes that's enough to knock our wind out of our sails. So when we're changing our patterns, we have to be cognizant that there are a lot of people who won't have the buy-in. They saw that you said you were going to lose weight. They saw you said you were going to do a different behavior. And you even saw it and you didn't. So what makes it so different today? Start small. Start very small and work your way up. And, and hold yourself accountable. And I would say even go a step further in some areas that you struggle with is to get an ally. And every ally isn't the best ally for certain things. You know, you have to know that person well enough to know that they're going to be supportive, but also they're going to push you, but not bully on you. So the right ally is going to be imperative and you need to have the right ally for the situation. For someone who hasn't had a challenge with their weight, it may be a little tricky for them to understand what you're going through, but also I will say I've found some people who can be a supportive person, even if there's, if that's not their personal mantra. So you have to be very definitive of what allyship looks like to you. So again, start small, have accountability. If you need the extra layer of allyship, really be honest with self and think about what helps you. Think about a win that you had that you had assistance with and think about how that impacted you and what strategies or things happened with that ally relationship that you were able to benefit from. The other thing is to make sure you measure. A lot of times what we don't want to do is be constricted and this is myself included. I don't like being regimented. It's something that if you put me in a box, I feel so uncomfortable with it. I'd like to have flexibility. But I also realize too, within flexibility, I have to have some parameters of measurability. For example, if I'm exercising, I need to be able to see the duration and the time and output of my exercise. Now the exercises can be different, 
but I still have to be able to measure what I'm doing to see if this is really moving the needle. And I'll be able to see that when I get on the scale or when I put on certain clothing or when I jog up the stairs and how much energy that I have. And I will say, um, since we've been into this pandemic, my energy has drastically, drastically uh, been impacted. I felt like I can just run marathons and I, and I wasn't a marathon runner at the time by any stretch, but I definitely have to work a little bit harder at my energy levels. So that's something that I know that's going to be a work towards and not an instant jump to. So when we have these small changes, we need to pick out just one or two things that we're going to work on. And then we need to set in our phones or whatever we use to track things, the time frame in which we want to do a follow up. And depending on what it is, a follow-up may be weekly. A follow-up, once you really get good, could be two weeks. But you really need to be able to be pointed with yourself to say, I've developed this new pattern or this new routine, and this is how it's serving me now. Because what you don't want to do is to fall into something. And all of a sudden, you're just been doing it for the sake of doing it. So it's easy for us to make excuses to stay where we are or just let routines just sort of happen. But the goal is to get your value added back into your life by doing things that you really want to do. And your life is not just about paying bills and taking care of the people you care about, including yourself. It's about weaving in time to enjoy the small things. And if you're so tied up into who's doing the dishes, when am I going to get around to cleaning the bathroom or whatever the chore is or the uptake, if it's something to do with your body or pursuing a degree, those things, if they're not structured structured in any way, will just go at the seams and you don't know what you're working towards. So be very mindful that when you're doing these shifts that you have an end game in mind and how your ideal life will look after the end game. And while you're planning the strategy, plan the end game in mind as well. So I just thought it'd be a good opportunity to let you guys in on, I am personally changing some patterns and some routines in my life. And I'll be more than happy to share my results with you in the next upcoming weeks of how that's going. Um, And hopefully we can cheer each other on during the process. But, you know, I also am aware with everything going on in the world, you know, people are truly living moment to moment. And take your power back and still trying to find the value, even in the uncertainty. If you can control your breakfast, that's it in a nutshell right there. Start small, but make it measurable and make time for the things that matter because that's truly what life is all about. It's not about the stuff. It's not about the thing. It's making time for the things that truly matter. And when we don't have a grasp on the other things that we need to get us going in life, it's a distractor in things that we're trying to accomplish. So thank you for your time as always. Namaste.